This is Reverend Kirk Lawton, minister at Ocean Lakes Family Campground, and this is our podcast. Our prayer is that this message may enrich your life as you find God especially meaningful to you. Thank you for worshiping with us. You are a single person. A friend of yours informs you that he would like for you to date a new girl who has just come to town. In the past, you have made it a practice never to go out on blind dates. But your friend says that this girl is different. She tells you that, uh, your friend tells you that this girl is very attractive. Her father is quite wealthy. And so holding firmly to your convictions, you remember that there are exceptions to every rule. And so you ask yourself, is it really fair to refuse all blind dates? Being a fellow who has always appreciated beauty and wealth, you think maybe this girl might be an interesting date. So you agree. And you ask your friend, what's her name? The friend replies, her name is Jockabed. Now, common sense tells you that No one needs to date a girl with a name like that. In the end, however, you do end up dating her because after all, your own name is not one that you would have ideally chosen either. And you could have had some input maybe if you were given the privilege into the selection of a different name from what you have. Thousands of years ago, there was a young girl named Jochebed who was found to be very attractive by a young Hebrew boy whose name was Amram. She became the jewel of his heart, and he took her for his wife. That proved to be a very wise choice on his part, because history would later prove that she came to be the mother of some of the greatest leaders in the history of the Hebrew nation. In Numbers, in the Old Testament, the book of Numbers, chapter 26, verse 59, we read, And the name of Amram's wife was Jochebed, and she bare unto Amram Aaron and Moses and Miriam, their sister. Today, we come as we do each year about this time, to think not only about uh, mothers and how we uh, need to be grateful for our mothers, but this time of the year is when we know some students are graduating from schools. Uh, And they are reaching a milestone in their life that we, we call commencement or graduation. Oh, how times have changed since those days when Amram and Jochebed first fell in love. Things have changed rather drastically drastically since those uh, first two lovers, Amram and Jochebed, fell in love with each other. Some who are graduating this year from maybe school or college or high school, things are quite different from the way things were when you were in the first grade. Some of you who may be graduating might remember the days when you could, you could mail a letter for much less than it costs today. You know, it costs uh, 63 cents now. The price just went up 
for a stamp costs 63 cents to mail a letter. That's uh, three cents for the delivery and 60 cents for storage of your letter till they get around to wanting to mail it. Uh, you remember penny postcards? Well, we don't have penny postcards. Penny postcards now are 48 cents each. Some of you who are older can remember when the only thing that annoyed us about television was the poor reception we got. I remember the first television I ever saw was black and white. And I remember the first show I ever saw on television was Lone Ranger riding his horse in the snow. I, can, I later came to find out it was it was not he was not riding in the snow. It was just poor reception. And the movies. One young couple took their three-month-old baby to the movies, and they were told when they bought their ticket, now, if your baby cries, you're going to have to leave. You'll, their baby will disturb other people. But if you have to leave, we will give you your money back. So after watching the show for about half an hour, the husband asked his wife, Honey, do you like this movie? The wife replied, I think it's horrible. It's rotten. I think it is too, said the husband. Pinch, pinch the baby. Let's go. Well, enough of this. Let's get back to Amram and Jochebed. There's much that we do not know about these two people. It's primarily an argument from silence when we presume that they must have been some kind of super people to have produced children like they had. Their daughter, Miriam, is somewhat of an unsung hero or heroine and that she had the presence of mind to go get her mother that day when the daughter of Pharaoh found baby Moses in the bulrushes. Isn't it amazing at the way in which God worked in that situation, allowing Moses to be raised in the palace of Pharaoh but by his own mother, and she was paid to do it? Wow. As far-fetched as it may seem, I believe there are some truths that we can learn from this girl named Jochebed, truths that can apply not just to our graduates these days, but also to all of us who have ears to hear what God is saying to us. What does Jochebed have to say to each of us? Well, she might say, First, remember when, and I'll admit I'm going to draw somewhat on my imagination now for the next few minutes, since the Bible does not fill in all the thoughts that this young girl, Jochebed, may have had. Jochebed is older as we encounter her in the Bible, but I can almost hear her saying, I remember when I was a young girl, I really was not the most charming beautiful girl in the village. But what could you expect with a name like mine? Yes, if Jochebed was a normal teenager back then, she had some deep-seated feelings of inferiority, probably. Let me bring us forward now to a time a few thousand years later and in our day when a great Christian counselor named James Dobson describes for us the feelings of a girl today like Jochebed may have had. These are Dobson's words. You're 16 years old, and your name is Helen High School. To be very honest, you are not exactly gorgeous. Your shoulders are rounded. You have trouble remembering to close your mouth when you're thinking. Uh, that seems to worry your folks a whole lot. 
There are pimples distributed at random over your forehead and your chin, and your oversized ears keep peeking out from under the hair that ought to hide your ears. You think often about these flaws, and and you have wondered, with proper reverence, why God was not paying attention when you were being assembled. You never had a real date in your life, except for that disaster last February. Your mom's friend, Mrs. Nosegood, arranged a blind date that almost signaled the end of the world. You knew it was risky to accept, but you were you're too excited to think rationally back then. Charming Charlie arrived in high spirits at your house, expecting to meet the girl of his dreams. You were not exactly what he had in mind. Do you remember the disappointment on his face when you shuffled into the living room where he was? Remember how he told Mary Lou the next day that your braces on your teeth stuck out farther than your chest did? Remember his saying that you had so much bridge work in your mouth that he'd have to pay a toll to kiss you? Oh, horrible. But the night of your date, a charming Charlie didn't say anything. He just sulked through the whole evening. He brought you home two hours early. Mary Lou couldn't wait to tell you about the next afternoon about how much Charlie hated you, of course. You lashed back in anger. You caught Charlie in the hall at school, and you told him he was not very bright for a boy with a head shaped like a light bulb. But that hurt went real deep. You despised all males for at least six months, and you thought your hormones would never make a recovery. Now, those feelings of inferiority were not reserved just for Jacobet or for that girl. Amram surely had his own feelings of not being worth much to anyone. Remember when? Jochebed may have said. But the great thing about it is the fact that in spite of all our terrible feelings about ourselves, we do somehow overcome that time. And so it can still happen. But I see another quality in Jochebed's life. She obviously had a spirit that would make her say today, keep on trucking. Keep working at it. Don't give up. You ever feel like quitting when your personal problems all pile up on you? One father was trying desperately to build confidence in his son. So with real sympathy in his voice, this father said, son, don't ever give up and quit. Never quit. But the boy responded, but dad, I just can't do it. The father said, always remember, son, the people who are remembered are those who refused to quit. Robert Fulton never quit. Thomas Edison never gave up. Eli Whitney stuck with the job. But look at Isidore Murgatroyd. This boy interrupted his daddy about that time and said, Dad, who in the world is Isidore Murgatroyd? Yes, you see, said his father. You've never heard of him, have you? He gave up. <laughs> God was really the first to tell us to keep working. You remember in the Ten Commandments, one of them says, Six days shalt thou labor, do all thy work. 
And also you can remember that God gave a commission to Adam to tend the earth and to take care of it. Let me tell you about uh, situations when uh, Jochebed may well have said, let me say, let me ask, why should I worry about Moses? After all, Moses now is well taken care of in Pharaoh's palace. There's nothing more for me to do. Jochebed may well have thought about that, but she didn't do that. And I believe that Jochebed was in large part responsible for the man that Moses became because of the training she gave him during his early years after he was found in the bulrushes that day. There's no doubt about it. There will be people all around you who will still throw in the towel when the going gets rough. <clears throat> but when you're willing to put your faith in the Lord, He has promised to give you strength to live victoriously, even in the midst of your problems. A good example of this, I think, is a young boy named Ronald uh, Sumnick, if I can pronounce it right, of Huron, Michigan. Many years ago, he tried out for his high school football team. He made the varsity, and he played with outstanding ability at, at tackle. After the sixth game of the season, though, Somebody on another school roster demanded that this boy quit his team because he was wearing illegal extra equipment. The school administration and the school board took Ronald's side, however, and they even went to court to have that league rule thrown out about illegal extra equipment. After hearing all the testimony, the judge agreed also. He said that Ronald had been an inspiration, not only to his own teammates, but also to everybody in that league, that football league. And so the judge signed an injunction permitting Ron to continue playing football while wearing his artificial leg. There are only three places I know of in the Bible where Jochebed is mentioned. And her name is given in only two of these. We don't know much about her later life, but we don't know how long she lived or when she died or where she was buried. We don't know any of that. But if she was able to live until a ripe old age, uh, such as, by the way, Amram, her husband was, he lived to be 137 years old, then can't you just imagine the satisfaction that must have filled Jochebed's heart seeing her children become leaders of God's people. <laughs> her simple faith in God was justified as the years rolled by. I can just hear Jochebed saying one more thing. Take the long look. Don't settle for short-term pleasures. It's such a temptation to take a dime today instead of a dollar tomorrow. Moses learned this lesson from his mother. And in Hebrews 11, verses 24 and 25, the author says, By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Only that which our Lord offers 
gives real lasting joy. Many years ago, this was long before the communist regime took over in Russia, a story came out of that nation. It seems that a certain atheist was parading up and down the land, pouring out his verbal trash against the very thought of God, and he was ridiculing all those who believed in God. On one occasion, he addressed a large group gathered in a, a spacious uh, hallway, a place where they had uh, programs and concerts and speeches. He stirred the audience to an emotional climax, and then he hurled a challenge to God. He said, if there is a God, let him kill me right here on this spot. Of course, God did not kill him. And so the man turned to the audience and said, See, I told you, there is no God. About that time, a little Russian peasant woman with a shawl about her head stood up. She said to the speaker, Sir, I cannot answer your arguments. Your wisdom is far beyond me. You are an educated man. I am merely a peasant woman. Sir, with your superior intelligence, would you answer one question for me? The speaker agreed to do that. And she said, I have been a believer in Jesus Christ for many years. I have rejoiced in his salvation. I have enjoyed my Bible. His comfort has been for me a tremendous joy. And if when I die, I come to learn that there is no God, that Jesus is not the Son of God, if I hear that the Bible is not true, that there is no such thing as salvation, no heaven, then pray, sir, she said, what have I lost by believing in Jesus Christ during this life and by receiving the daily comfort and joy that he has given to me every day? What have I lost? The room was still. The audience wondered what that woman's logic would have as an effect upon that atheist speaker, who by that time was also swayed by the woman's simplicity. In quiet tones, the speaker said to her, Madam, you don't stand to lose a thing, I suppose. And at this, the peasant woman said to him, Sir, you have been so kind to answer my question. Please permit me to ask one more question. If, when it comes your time to die, you discover that the Bible is true, that there is a God, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and that there is a heaven and a hell, if you find that out at your time to die, pray, sir, what will you stand to lose? Jochebed was simply a Hebrew woman who put her faith in God, just like that Russian peasant woman. God never let her down either, although there were surely times when she may have wondered if God would part the waters for her. God's the same God today as he was back then. And he has promised us that if we will put our trust in him, give our life to him, then we too can find the help and the strength for our daily living 
that God gave so many years ago to a girl named Jochebed. Would you pray with me for a moment? Oh God, we know that the Bible is true, that there is a heaven, there is a hell, and you did give your son Jesus to die on that cross. But he also came back to life, and we know that he has proved in infallible ways that he is real, he's true, and he is God. We thank you, Lord, that Jesus has gone back now to heaven where he sits at your right hand and he's ever making intercession. He's praying for each of us every moment of the day. Lord, we thank you for the blessing of having a Savior like Jesus. And if someone who's listening to my voice now has not really made that commitment, Father, may this be the time when that wonderful transaction can take place. As we say, Lord, I am a sinner. I don't deserve a Savior, but thank you for giving your son Jesus to save me from my sin. And I accept his offer. I give my life to him. And when we do that, Lord, we know that you do your part and you envelop us in your loving arms and all is well. Thank you for that beautiful truth that we have through Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen.